Welcome to the second episode of Disease Dirt, a podcast that digs deep into the wonderful world of plant pathology. Sugar, spice, and everything nice. These were the ingredients that made the famous trio, the Powerpuff Girls. But do you know the three key ingredients for plant disease to occur? Let me introduce you to the central dogma of plant pathology, the disease triangle. When I took my introductory plant pathology course at UW-Madison, I remember my professor, Dr. Doug Rouse, would repeat countless times, when in doubt, the answer is the disease triangle. The disease triangle is comprised of three points that contribute to plant disease emergence, the host, the pathogen, and the environment. There are certain conditions for each of these points that favor the development of disease. Before we discuss the disease triangle further, let's first define disease. In plant pathology, we define disease as any abnormal physiological functioning or change in morphology that exists over time. I'd like to express my concern for just how important it is to understand what is normal in a plant host before attempting to determine what is disease. For example, a telltale symptom of a Phanomyces root rot in alfalfa is a honey brown colored roots. In order to confidently look at these roots and determine disease, you would have to know that healthy alfalfa roots are white. Then you can conclude a change in morphology. There are many different types of plant pathogens, including fungi, protists, which are fungal-like organisms, bacteria, phytoplasma, viruses and viroids, nematodes, and parasitic seed plants. All of these types of organisms are represented in the species that are able to cause disease in plants. You may be wondering, how exactly do we determine disease? Or, what are the steps taken to diagnose a plant disease? Plant pathologists approach diagnosis by first checking signs and symptoms of the disease, which are actually two very different things. Signs of disease are any macroscopic or microscopic structures of the causal pathogen itself. Signs may include the fruiting body of a pathogenic fungus or a stream of gooey bacteria inside of a stem. An example of a microscopic sign of disease would be fungal spores that you could see under a microscope. Symptoms are different than signs in that they are the appearance of a condition in a plant, not the causal agent itself. Symptoms could manifest as wilting, stunting, chlorosis, or necrosis of the plant. Symptoms are essentially the product of the pathogen, excluding the pathogenic organism itself. After symptoms and signs are determined, plant pathologists perform Koch's postulates to prove that a certain pathogen is responsible for causing a disease. We have the German bacteriologist Robert Koch to thank for his formulation of the basic set of postulates needed to confidently associate a pathogen with a disease. Koch's postulates are known as the following. 1. A microbe must be connected to a disease. 2. The microbe must be isolated from the hosts and grown in pure culture. 3. The symptoms must be reproduced in a new host when that host is infected with the pure culture. And 4. The microbe must be recovered from the experimentally infected host. So there you have it, the plant pathologist's gold standard for diagnosing a plant disease. Now that we have a strong understanding of what disease is and how it's determined in plant hosts, 
Let's revisit that disease triangle. The disease triangle, comprised of the conditions of the host, the pathogen, and the environment, determines if disease will occur. The hosts will be our first point on the disease triangle to discuss. In plant pathology, the host is the plant itself. Essentially, all plants, including crops, trees, ornamentals, grasses, and more, have at least some susceptibility to plant pathogens. In other words, nobody is safe from disease in the plant world. One of the major determining factors of disease from the perspective of the host is if the host is resistant or susceptible to the pathogen in question. Host resistance or susceptibility to a pathogen is determined by the plant's genetics. Plants have certain parts on their genomes that we refer to as resistance genes, or R genes. R genes are the genes involved in both recognition and defense against the pathogen. Take for example a plant with broad resistance against fungi. It may have an R gene that recognizes chitin, a key component of fungal cells. So when a fungal spore lands on a resistant plant, that plant can recognize the spore and begin to defend itself through certain physiological processes. Plants that have resistance genes for a certain disease will be less likely to get that disease. On the other hand, plants without the necessary resistance genes will be susceptible to that pathogen and will likely become diseased. The susceptible versus resistant status of the host is important in determining if disease will occur. Now, let's talk about the pathogen's role in the disease triangle. Obviously, there needs to be a pathogen present to cause disease. But what we need to know about the pathogen in determining if it will cause disease is its abundance on and around the host, as well as its level of virulence. The abundance of a pathogen early in the growing season increases the likelihood for disease to occur. Fungal spores that may have overwintered in leaf litter in a field will have an easier time infecting young seeds and seedlings before they are able to become strong and healthy. The more primary inoculum present, the more likely that the pathogen will have success invading a plant host. Virulence, or the degree of severity of a pathogen in causing disease, also determines the success of a pathogen. What makes a pathogen a pathogen is its ability to infect a host. But beyond this, each pathogen can have varying levels of virulence. The more tools that the pathogen has to be virulent, such as the ability to secrete toxins, the better the chance that this pathogen has in colonizing the host. For example, the bacterial plant pathogen Pseudomonas syringae, Pathovar syringae, can be extremely virulent due to its production of the phytotoxin syringomycin. This toxin production allows it to infect the host more aggressively. Finally, let's discuss the role of the third key player in the disease triangle in the emergence of disease, the environment. Environmental conditions such as moisture level, rainfall, wind, and sunlight affect pathogen growth in different ways. Just as us humans are acclimated to certain environmental and climate conditions, each pathogen has its own preferred environmental conditions as well. For example, oomycetes, which are fungal-like organisms that we know as water molds, grow best in cool and wet environments. So, an oomycete pathogen, such as pythium, would be more likely to cause root rot disease in sugar beet when the temperature is slightly cooler and the soil is wet from a recent rainfall. 
If there were drought conditions or high temperatures over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, Pythium may not be able to exist or infect a host quite as well. Plant pathologists constantly refer to the disease triangle to predict emergence of disease. It's the combination of the host, the pathogen, and the environment that ultimately determines if the plants will become sick. If you enjoyed learning a brief bit about plant resistance genetics and pathogen virulence during this episode, make sure to tune in to episode 3 of Disease Dirt, the evolutionary arms race between plant and pathogen.